0: What do you guys have going on? What am I missing out on? The, um, at the start of each show, uh, we've, we've started to play uh, a, the sound of a panther roaring. Um, here we go. Here we go. Oh, God damn
1: it.
0: You got one too? <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Um, welcome to Heat Seeking Panther. Um, three cubs in the den. We have Rob, a special guest.
2: Hi. The panther noise now makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it has context.
3: <laughs> uh, Do you think that makes it like cooler or less cool now that you know the context of the panther war? Like if we had just, if we were just like, you know, trying to like wild out on some shit I and thought just pull it was, I out panther, war? panther I thought okay. you were just
2: like getting yourselves amped up by throwing panther noise on I mean, yeah, it's, it's both. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um,
0: there's a theme song too, but you know,
3: I could play for you afterward if you want. All right, uh, so
0: um, we're talking. Th- this is our most the most meta thing that we've done, and I don't even know really how to approach it because we're talking about a film about a film that was never made. Like we're talking about Superman Lives, the ill fated. Tim Burton, Nicolas Cage, Superman film that was legend for a while, like. For years. For years. It was like a, it was like an urban legend. And the only, the only thing that anyone knew, like at some point, I don't remember when, but the, the, uh, costume fitting photos of Nick Cage in the
2: Superman outfit got leaked. When, when was that? Do you? Like, I don't know. I remember when I was 17 and like the talk of this movie happening was right. like. Right. When, like Kevin Smith and Tim are going to make a Superman movie. And I was like, so fucking stoked. So you remember at the time? You, yeah. Like you, before, like when it was like in the works, yeah. that was like, I was like the most excited I'd been like to see a movie in like very, very long time. Well, well can you,
0: can you contextualize just like comic book movies in the nineties? Um, cause the, the documentary that we're basic, that we're
3: essentially talking about, which is called, what's it called? It's called the death of Superman lives. Um, what happened to question what, mark what yeah, right, right <laughs> and uh, and honestly it it that question is pretty much answered by the end, yeah, thoroughly, like, I, th- yeah. I think they do a really good job yeah, of, of tackling <laughs> that
0: yeah and, which and this came out in like what two thousand eight or so, this uh, movie no the uh, the documentary documentary, yeah, I think, no, I think a couple of years ago a couple of years ago, yeah. no, yeah, right, because they mentioned the like Zach.
3: Smithers. I'm actually looking it up right now. Uh, um, yeah. So it came out in 2015. It was directed by John Schnapp. Uh, and it's, yeah. Is I he mean, the dude talking throughout yeah. it? That, yeah. Also, yeah. I was
2: kind of surprised that, that guy didn't like, I don't know, clean himself up a little bit. Yeah. it's going to be a little bit, uh.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, he had a, a different, uh, graphic tee with like some,
2: some sort of <laughs> dude, horror sci-fi he, thing what, <laughs> on it for every everything. scene. Yeah. yeah. When he had the They Live shirt on, I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. But also I was like, you know, I probably wouldn't wear like a They Live t-shirt if I'm Trying to do a serious documentary about
0: yeah I, I I yeah he looks like he just rolled out of bed and yeah. put on one of the new t-shirts that he bought yeah yeah I mean this see because I, I remember um, hearing about this movie and seeing the photos of Nick Cage with long hair and the Superman outfit and just being like being intrigued but I didn't really grow up uh, reading that many comic books but you did sure did and uh, was Superman one of them
3: cool.
0: yeah <laughs> okay I mean is. Is Superman even is he in your top like comic book characters or is Superman isn't no one's
3: top comic book character? Yeah, right. He's kind of like Cyclops, X Men. Right. I feel that way, but I wonder if maybe I mean there are there there have to be people that go to bat for Superman. I was
0: surprised at how many people were excited about Superman because
3: Superman to me historically coming from someone that's never read the comics, I've only seen a good number of the movies, but he's like the most uninteresting superhero to me. He's super boring because it's like.
2: He like is like can't be defeated, right? He can fly. He's like, super powerful. It's, yeah. like, So who's he gonna? Who's he gonna fight? Yeah. There's no like interesting things there. He's just like right they, perfect
0: being. Right. So he's a, he's this perfect being who comes to Earth, and the only thing that can defeat him is another thing that also is like also alien, and yeah. so it's this like intergalactic conflict that happens to be playing out on Earth, but it's sort of like tangential to the human race like you know the buildings get destroyed and Clark Kent knows people right he has like relationships with humans he's got, friends. He's got a girlfriend Lois <laughs> Lane but uh it's it feels kind of like you know it, it's not really about us yeah he's a little too big yeah but he's also like when people think of like a superhero just like in the in general what they I think what a lot of people picture is Superman or something like Superman, like the tights and the underwear and the cape and the flying.
2: He's probably the most famous superhero, but also like the least, like if you read comics and are into comics, like Superman's like not your favorite dude.
0: Right. And they've tried to make him more interesting, like including with where he dies, which is the comic run that they based, we're going to base this movie on.
2: Yeah. I mean, I still have, the comic when he dies, and it came in a black bag and it was like a bloody Superman logo. Like it was huge thing yeah. when he was dying. I, and then when he goes resurrected, they released it in like a white bag. Nice. I
0: remember yeah. that happening. I yeah. well, Even,
3: well, me too. Even for someone who at the time, I don't think I was really yet reading comics at all. Maybe if I was, it was like Spider-Man or X-Men or something yeah. like something in the mar in, in Marvel for sure. But like I didn't care about Superman at all. But I remember I was with my cousin when he bought that issue. And I remember what a big deal it was. Like, yeah, it was just like a huge huge deal to him. And then I was with him when he took it home. He opened it. And I don't know, I just remember like looking through it and just somehow, even though I didn't care about the character at all, like just culturally, it was something that like seemed to have an effect on a lot of people that Mm -hmm. otherwise wouldn't have cared, you know? Yeah, it was big. It was definitely that
2: level of like, also hope that your cousin bought two copies, one to keep in the bag unopened, one's open. Hope, but uh, cousins an idiot. <laughs> I remember being surprised just that
1: soup
0: that one that I think this was the first time I had heard about this like uh, a comic book like DC or Marvel killing one of its main characters. I was like, you can do because I, I didn't. I, I read my dad's old like Silver Age uh, like X Men and, and Spider Man comics, but I didn't read any of the like current stuff. So I I and the whole idea of. Uh, what like different timelines or I guess, or yeah. yeah, it was crazy to me. I was like, you can't, I, in my head, everything was just, it was just one long chronological story, but that's, of course that's not it. Cause there are so, I mean, cause comics have been around for almost a hundred years in, in that form and uh, different artists working on, you know, but um, so I was like, you can kill Superman. You can do that. And I like, I figured I thought that they were just done with him they knew that he sucked
2: but no um, yeah well yeah they killed him and they brought him back as like four different superman what in the comics yeah there was like a railroad superman what wait like a like a train conductor superman i mean like sort of he was like <laughs> i mean he wasn't a conductor but he was like like metal like silver and he had like a hammer for like hitting in oh, a tiny okay. train okay seems, yeah. seems unnecessary
3: <laughs> wait <laughs> who was necessary. the john henry that was the railroad yeah. dude so yeah, it was I, like a john henry yes, superman they, okay they, yeah john and superman
2: <laughs> and then there was not super
3: boy but it was like super teen yeah it's he was like super it was, super it was it was like young, young man hit
2: <laughs> like cool superman and then there was like. Wait, he was hip? He was, I mean. What does that mean? Complex like hip. Like, right. Like, I think he had like an earring and like <laughs> probably wore a lot of sunglasses and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, he was like, you know, that kind of hip.
0: Superman, but with
2: attitude. He was like. Yeah, he had a little he, bit of attitude, yeah. He was like poochie. Yeah, he <laughs> was poochie. Yeah. They brought him to me. It's Superman poochie. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know, there's two other ones. I can't kind of remember. But yeah, there's like four. And then, like, eventually, like, the real one came back. And then he had a huge mullet.
0: Did, did, <laughs> did he come back in the way that they were going to do it in the movie with the,
2: like, um, Let's with suit? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like, because he was like from Krypton, like the sun just like brought his body back to life. But
0: yeah. Cause Tim Burton's whole take, which, and this is something I was always curious about, like knowing about this movie is like, what could Tim Burton see in Superman? Who's like the most like boring, like milk toast boy scout Superhero, but of course his take is that he's an outsider, a lonely outsider. I was like, yeah, oh, right. this is Tim Burton, yeah. Right. I was intrigued then. That actually sounds like an awesome movie
2: because '90s superhero movies were shitty, except for there's only there's two good Batman movies, right? Which are both the Tim Burton and Batman movies, right. and one of them's like, from the '80s, and then yeah, it was '89. Like, Batman Returns is like Batman Returns, is like '92, I think, yeah. and then. They made two completely garbage Batman movies. Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. It was a nightmare.
3: Am I the only one that's gonna go to bat for the one with Mr. Freeze? Yes. Okay, <laughs> that's the the Clooney one, right? When I'll drop it last? then. I'm curious. Like pretty recently, Did like you? maybe two years ago, maybe that long ago. It was pretty recently. The set the set
0: design is pretty wild.
3: I mean, but that's like oh, I, I am okay. I mean, I love I love the Dark Knight, but I am okay with Batman being campy, being
0: goofy. Yeah. I really
3: am. That doesn't bother me, and sometimes I think it actually makes it more enjoyable. See,
2: I had like when I when it came out and I saw it again, I was like 17 and I was like, I fucking hate this movie so goddamn. Well, it
3: I think I think what what annoyed people at the time was that it came on the heels of the animated series yeah. which was really 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 dark.
2: Yeah, that was really good too. Um yeah.
3: and so I think which also kind of got a lot of what it was going for from the Burton movies. Yeah. And then I think for him to just then put out Batman or Batman and Robin, Batman yeah. Forever. Bat- Batman, Batman Forever, Forever then. It. Okay, yeah, yeah, then so then Batman, Batman, Batman and, and, and Batman
2: Robin, Batman Forever is the one with Two-Face and right. uh, Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey right. as Riddler. I remember seeing that movie and being like, oh, it's not too bad. Yeah. And then I watched it again somewhat recently and I was like, holy shit.
0: I mean, yeah. they're bad. So, so bad. Like, I remember being that- disappointed and I was like eight or nine and which, and I, cause I had the same thing. I was like, yeah, I mean, that wasn't quite what I wanted, but, I, I I didn't trust my taste at that point, you know, I was anything I didn't get. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but anything I didn't get, I was just like, it's probably just too adult for me. I like, just, <laughs> just didn't understand the
2: nuances of uh, Batman forever.
0: Um,
3: but yeah, anyway, so, so, so 90 superhero movies pretty much. I and mean, so. that was it. There
2: was, the, 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 there was nothing else because like, right. Marvel wasn't doing movies at that point. They didn't do, they did the Spider-Man reboot, but that wasn't until like the 2000s, 2002. And there was like the Punisher and Spawn. There was Blank Man.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> there was and of and Steel. Then,
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> there were, there were a bunch of like, n- like non-franchise, like, like what was the one, the, the purple guy with the ring? Oh, uh, the phantom, the phantom. Uh, phantom. And then there was, was like, like a 30, he's big yeah, in the thirties. Right. And like, then it was like, cared. there was the rocketeer, there was Dick Tracy. Right. There, there were other ones, but they weren't part of like a larger, you know, like yeah. Batman or Superman or like the DC like universe. Right. Yeah. And, and so, Marvel wasn't
2: doing their, right. their thing yet. So there was not really that much. Well, and just
0: like what, what I guess is considered nerd culture wasn't a thing. I mean, well, nerd culture, this is a whole other discussion, but it's become mainstream culture at this point thanks to, I don't know. The
3: Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Maybe.
0: Yeah, somebody. <laughs> um, but I, so it, it's, it's actually kind of hard for me to get my mindset back to a time when uh, comic book movies seemed like a risk or, se- you know, where you wouldn't think that that would
2: be a big cash cow. But especially after Batman. With Batman too. also, uh, like, listen to uh, Kevin Smith podcast, which also, you guys should have asked him. I'm sure he would have, Come over here and done this podcast because all he fucking does is podcasts. (laughs) Yeah. Like nonstop.
3: He, Dude, man, why didn't we? Why didn't we go for the slam dunk on that? You should have yeah, asked. Like, I don't know why I like, said. Like, like, honestly, this couch. <laughs> like what else Kevin, is what else is Kevin Smith doing? He could be on our podcast. He's in other
2: podcasts.
0: Yeah, it seems he, he does multiple ones a week, maybe a day. I think he's got like two or three a day. I love that he mentions that in this documentary because it is fact, man. <laughs> he yeah, he, he's he like can't, he
2: can't shy away from it.
0: He's like, uh, yeah, the, not getting the Superman gig led me to my true calling, which is not making movies but just talking.
2: Yeah. But so when I saw him talking, yeah. uh, one of the many, many times, or listened, he was, uh, he was like talking about the first Batman movie, and he was like, this legitimized us liking comic books. We were like, see, comics are cool. Like, we told you yeah. comics are cool all along. Like, here it is. Finally, there's proof, uh, which is so weird to think that, like, right. that was a thing where people, because now everyone is like, every comic book movie is the biggest movie of the summer or the fall or the Christmas season.
0: Yeah, and no one would ever be like made fun of for liking comics at this point. It's it, but it was like an outsider, like nerd thing. Tim Burton brings back Batman, legitimizes comic books, and then Schumacher ruins, ruins it, and ruins ruins comic book movies for another five five, five to the, seven years. Yeah. Let's okay. So let's go into like uh, what this movie. Actually, so how this started, because it's cool. I didn't realize that John Peters this was like his baby.
3: Yeah, I didn't realize that either.
0: Or that he was such a freak.
2: I didn't know who he was, and then I watched this movie and I was like, this is why terrible, terrible movies get made. Yeah. Cause like this dude forces horrible shit into movies, and it's like, you have to like make this giant spider. See, and it's just like, that, come on, That man. to
3: me was the funniest thing because I didn't realize that he had done Wild Wild West. Oh, like, well, like, see, I didn't know, like, while I was watching it. And then when Kevin Smith tells the thing about, where well, he told me I had to have a fight with a giant spider. I was like, that's weird. Cause I was also in wild, wild west, which is like the only thing anyone remembers about that movie. Right. Maybe the shitty Will Smith soundtrack, I, the movie, but, yeah, so the um, bad. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so then at the end when they were like, yeah. And so he just moved on to make wild, wild west and put the giant spider in that. I was like, oh my God, it's this, it's the ultimate punchline, Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's no, like this this guy is is like what forces terrible terrible movies.
0: Yeah. to happen. He, I mean, you, again, like, cause yeah, you can we can say that Joel Schumacher ruined the Batman franchise, but this guy was actually at the wheel. <laughs> yeah, and-
2: <laughs> he was right there, man. And like, about him, like like putting like people in headlocks in the yeah, like especially like. Art design dudes, you know what I mean? Like art school kids. This guy comes in and he's like, "I've been in street fights,
1: like whatever. I've been fighting my whole life." Five hundred. He said he was creating an action hero energy most men don't know about. Yeah, like why would you go into an art department
2: and try to like and just beat like up karate up art chop kids. people? Yeah, I'd yeah. be like, "Ha! Now you know what action is about Like that, bro." <laughs> it's like that's not gonna doesn't help this anything? inspire you? Yeah, I mean, doesn't this body slam and <laughs> doesn't yeah, this body slam inspire you? you up. Now write some serious action because you've experienced it.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it, I I had that same thought where I, first I was kinda like enjoying him as like I was like, it's amazing that
3: Oh well his his interview parts were my favorite yeah were, were my favorite interviews of the movie. But well, I mean he's he's probably I'm sure is an insufferable like person when again, in real life. He
0: started out as Barbara Streisand's hairdresser, yeah, which how is did, amazing. How does that
2: guy become like the head of Sony? Like what How many people did he have to body slam to get himself (laughs) to the head of Sony? That's just been his strategy all
0: along. Just wrestled his way up the ladder. Body slams and wrestling. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah, this guy climbed the ladder, and now he can just do whatever he wants. Thinking about it just as like the artistic possibilities of that, I was like, yeah, that's the dream. And then I had that same thought. I was like, wait, this guy is the reason. Like These people are the reason that... M- movies are terrible, that that, yeah. mov- that movies get fucked up. First, I love that Kevin Smith, when he heard about this, he was in a meeting about writing Beetlejuice
2: Goes Hawaiian. Dude, okay, was that a serious thing? I don't know. I couldn't tell if he was like making a joke about how ridiculous Hollywood is, where they would like, right. like ha ha, Beetlejuice Goes to Hollywood, that's like... Or was he like that actually a thing that was He went happening. into like details about
0: it where he was like, but Tim Burton kind of knocked it out of the park the first time. He's a, like, he went into details that made me feel like it wasn't just a throwaway joke that they were actually like, let's, let's keep this going. <laughs> I mean, remember Hollywood made the Flintstones and then made the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. So like you can go, they, sequels, they were not afraid superior. to go off brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so he ends up writing a treatment and then reading it out loud to John Peters as he lays on the couch with his hands up making the the movie screen, um, which,
3: uh, yeah. I think your arms would get tired pretty quickly. I don't know how long you could do that. That's why he gets paid the big bucks.
0: Uh
2: Yeah. All right. I mean, think about all the karate chops that he's thrown. His arms have to be very strong. Yeah,
3: he's he's a tough guy. That's actually why he was karate chopping people? (laughs) To get his arms he has, strengthened. He has to bulk up. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm a very visual guy. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be able to hold my arms in front of my face while I'm lying in a. <laughs> uh, what a horrible guy. <laughs> and,
0: and, uh, and Kevin Smith's story is that his three rules that he wanted were no flying, no Superman outfit, and a giant spider. He has to fight a giant spider in the third act, which John Peters denies the first two of them. There's no way that that's absolutely true. Yeah. I think
3: right, like yeah, I, I t- 100% believe Kevin Smith's t- version of that. For sure, yeah, I
2: do too. I, it's too fucking weird, and it's too weird and so spot on douchey Hollywood where right. it's like, no, I don't want Superman to fly like or wear his outfit well, that he's
0: and 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 he's just like I just I don't like the suit. I'm tired of it. Like <laughs> I don't think it looks good, so don't have it. Yeah.
3: See, this is something – okay, sorry to kind of like take this off on a tangent, but I wrote a little bit about this aspect because it's something that is abused so often in Hollywood adaptations. Is like the idea of having to reinvent – like every single producer or director who wants to do a superhero movie is obsessed with this idea of having to make it – having to update it and right. make it new. Right. As if that's the reason that people are going to be going to see this movie.
0: Well, I think that's changed a lot in the last like five or 10 years because it seems like it's fan service versus like deconstruction. And it seemed like in the 90s, going into like, yeah, the Christopher Nolan Batmans and stuff, like there, yeah, it was like updating it and like deconstructing it. But like the Superman that was it Zack Snyder? Yes. That he made. I mean, I haven't seen it, but it seems like at least like. (laughs) That it's complete garbage? It seems that. His uh, the it's not a deconstruction like it's it's pretty like Superman standard even if it's really shitty, right?
2: I mean, kind of. It's it's very like the new the new Superman is very much like uh, pouty Superman. Oh, he's he's like tortured, yeah, real real, real tortured Superman, Yeah. yeah, as opposed to like. Fucking just being Superman. Yeah. Just right. appreciating that.
0: But he's, he's pouty
3: know. and emo, but somehow like not charismatic at all. I but don't really, know. Fr- he's I, really boring. I forget wow. that actor's name, but that was a horrific miscast. Really? I mean, either that or he just like, or that's what they wanted. Well, he looks the part. That's yeah. yeah that's like he's handsome. That's yeah. it. It's got the but like, line. that's it. There's nothing else about him that yeah. allows yeah, him boring. to carry that movie or he's, that character.
0: But what could well, Nicolas, Cage, Nicolas could. Cage
3: and we don't need to go here yet. But I have a lot of theories about why he would be the only successful big screen Superman. So
0: I mean, let's go there. Let's <laughs> let's talk about it, because I, I, I watching this movie, I kind of came to the same. I was like, yeah, OK, Superman should actually be a character actor. Um, Absolutely. In, in part because of Tim Burton's like take of, OK, he's an alien. He's weird. And I also thought that was brilliant too. Clark Ken is a boring person and he's so boring that no one knows that he's Superman. And then he's Superman, the most boring superhero.
2: But in this, he's like a weirdo.
0: Or that, that was Nick Cage's take.
2: Of yeah. Course. I was kind of intrigued by his like, he wears like a Mickey Mouse shirt. Right. And is this is like... A doofus, like kind of a mess falling apart. I was like, eh, it could be interesting, right? And and it's
0: weird because you see Nick Cage like riffing on that in that footage with like him and Tim Burton, and like kind of, the way that he is like brainstorming made me really intrigued. Okay, so why why is Nick Cage the uh, the only
3: one who can? Well, uh, for, for, first of all, I think a big reason is specifically for that reason because he actually is the only person that won't play like Superman. Like, he didn't ever even, I'm sure, entertain the idea of playing Superman as, like, straight up, like, America's good boy. Right. You know what I mean? And, and also, truly, I think it just really – more. It's, it's a more honest way to play a character like Superman because when you're all-powerful, when you're literally a god amongst men, like, you're not going to come through with, like, the square jaw – you know, like ripped abs and like kick the wall down. You know what I mean? He knows he can beat whatever is he's coming up against. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like there's, there's no need to be like, uh, like I feel like Nick Cage would have almost treated it like a, like an obligation. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to coming in with like a kind of cowboy attitude to it.
0: I think it's interesting too that like, yeah. Cause he, he in the couple of clips of Nick Cage, like actually talking about the movie. Uh,
3: also like the hair. I just want to see Superman with that hair. Yeah. Like I was sold that, on that like hair. shoulder length hair that he was, that he was rocking. <laughs> but uh, so apparently is this the mullet you were talking about when Superman came back. Yeah. And like the late nineties, he had a mullet. He was very like flowing. Do you think that they were trying to like make the connection with the hair? Like, I'm Oh, this, kn- this is like, like that's like, the hip. New yeah. Right, right. Yeah.
2: Because I think was like, that was when he was, I think they're trying to make him cooler and not just like the fifties. Right. Right. Guy. But like, yeah, I don't know. It was definitely weird, Superman, with like a mullet. I was just reading some comics recently uh, from that era, and I was like, this is just, seems strange, man. Like, Superman shouldn't have a mullet. Yeah. It's a weird choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that probably was why they were doing it, I guess, or at least at that time, for a minute. Well, okay, so uh, uh, two questions that aren't, aren't really related. But first of all, how,
0: how did Superman actually die? How does he die in the comic books?
2: Uh, him in Doomsday, like get into a fight yeah and then they just both kill
1: each other i think but i mean like i thought that he was like unkillable except for crypt, uh what
3: kryptonite. kryptonite
2: yeah which also when i was a kid bothered me a lot because i was like if kryptonite is his ultimate like source of weakness why wouldn't doomsday who has like bones coming out of him yeah. and, like shards and stuff i was like why wouldn't those bones like be kryptonite right or something like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not, They're not. I mean, like, just, like what, how he does just, he do like, it? He because, just punches him yeah, really like,
3: hard? Yeah, like, as I understand, he just he just punches Superman really hard, and then Superman dies.
2: Yeah, I and mean, that's pretty much it. That's so... St- pretty <laughs> weak. Okay. Like, why wouldn't... It, I mean, or why wouldn't it be, like, Lex Luthor kills Superman with, like, a kryptonite dagger? Right. He, like, stabs him in the heart during some kind of crazy... Or, again, scene.
3: even some, like, hybrid situation where... Doomsday gets, you know, infused with kryptonite to become yeah. the ultimate, like, Superman killing machine. Like, there's yeah, there so go. many ways you could take it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that would have been good, but no. Nope. O- okay. Um, second question.
0: How did comics, how did the, the comics themselves change in the 90s, especially going, like, mid to late 90s uh, as they were before? Like, was there, like, a Todd McFarlane effect of everything getting, like, a little more dark and having attitude
2: or... Oh, yeah. Once, like, Tom McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, uh all the dudes that, like, Jim Lee that went and, like, formed image comics. uh uh-huh. Once those dudes hit really big, once those guys got really big, like, that kind of, like, style of, like, ultra cool, I don't know what, I don't even know what you even call it, but, like, the art got super stylized. They try to like keep up, I guess you could say. What was the, what was the tone shift? I feel like, the, I feel they got a little more, uh, like action packed and the story got a little less interesting. Okay. Kind of. Nah, yeah.
3: Period. So the suit. Yeah. The that, suit. That they were going to put him in. That looked fucking rad. Yeah. Right. Like I really wanted to see, um, I'm, and I it mean was for like, like what, it was for like two minutes I know, of screen time. I know. But they spent. Months on it. Months and. Yeah. So many dollars. I think it was the final count like they had sunk four million into pre production bef- before they canceled it.
2: I don't know. I didn't know. It, it.
3: it was multiple million. I, 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 th- had- I think it was
2: like 12 million dollars, I think they said it was. Oh, really? That much? Yeah, it was oh, a lot. okay. Yeah. And then they had to pay the actor Tim Burton, yeah, like a couple million dollars. and They had to pay Nicolas Cage like 10% of his salary, which I think was like 20 million dollars. Fuck. So they got to pay, like two, a couple million bucks to, you know, <laughs> wear a suit two wear times. A suit.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Take some awesome photos in it. So I I also thought it was really funny that Brian Singer, uh, during like whenever they were making the, the the like mid 2000s Superman whatever the Brandon Ralph Superman yeah I forget what that was called that he would carry the picture of Nick Cage in the Superman costume like in his in his like binder, and like whenever anyone would hassle him about any choice like any like anyone at the studio would like hassle him about like making any like choices. He would just like show them the picture and be like, that's what you almost got. Yeah. Like, is that what you want? Let yeah. me do my job. But also his Superman looked terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I <laughs> mean. It's like, it's like, dude, yours is like garbage. But, <laughs> and they, they walked it back in the entire right. opposite direction. You know, they were trying to really reinvent it and make it something, you know, really off the wall and like out of left field and, and totally like redo the whole Superman, yeah. the idea of Superman. And then when that failed, they were like, okay, fuck it. We'll just make a really traditional Superman movie. Right. Just it's, like what
0: everyone wanted. Yeah. Fan service instead of deconstruction. And, uh, and they because still Because I would
3: call that up. failed pretty good. Failed, right? Yeah. yeah. It was a really bad movie. No
0: yeah. one psyched on Superman. What this movie made me really nostalgic for in general was just the just practical effects. And just, I mean, the mid to late 90s was such a good time for practical effects even in shitty movies like even in those Schumacher like Batman movies the costumes are oh, amazing the, yeah. and the sets and everything Tommy
3: are- Lee Jones's like face makeup yeah. is crazy it's crazy <laughs> and the- And you know they would just well they did with The Dark Knight but they would just like CGI that shit now right you know and I hate CGI It depends for me but really? I think that it for stuff like that It's just such a, just
0: seeing all those guys working on the suit and all the like, just like mad science and stuff that they're doing. I really respect that art and all the like that they had like their secret way of making the, everything like translucent with this kind of oil slick um, feeling. And it just like, if you see something real on the screen versus CGI, like your eyes know, like, I feel like I, I still am not fooled by cgi unless they're doing like some sort of like touch-up thing but like if like a cgi like monster or or like two faces face like it as impressive as it is as impressive as lord of the rings is it's still i would still rather have something look fake in terms of like that's not a real monster but real in terms of that's a object that's existing in the same space it feels like the stakes get lowered and for me that and uh and that's how I felt about all the stuff that they were like designing and stuff. Like I I wanted even if this movie hadn't wasn't made ultimately, like I wish they had gone farther in the production process. Just like all of the concept art was fucking. Yeah, all beautiful. the especially
3: the the concept art for um Brainiac. Is that was that yeah. His name? yeah. That's that where he was like the spider with like the cloak around him and just like right. the floating head in the jar. Like, right with like the cobra yeah, kind of uh, that was awesome. Like that would have been so awesome to see that.
0: His skull of uh, spaceship is fucking cool. Let's God, talk yeah. about the cast: Lois Lane, Sandra Bullock.
3: I I'm not great.
0: A, I'm not a huge Sandra Bullock
3: fan. No, but for but for for that time, it's a great yeah. That time and that role, that's perfect.
0: Absolutely. Chris Rock is Jimmy Olsen.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Questionable choice, but ultimately it would have definitely paid off.
0: Yeah. Wait,
3: And did, did they explain, like, I thought they explained why they chose Chris rock, but now I don't remember why. Like there was a specific reason, like someone said or referenced him in a certain way.
0: I don't remember that. I, I just remember that they had that, this big, uh, sheet of names like Jimmy Olsen. And then below the names, they had like six names and it was like, if black,
3: Oh like, yeah, and then it gave the choices. It was Chris it was like Rock, Sabian yeah, yeah, like, yeah like Marlon. I
0: think Marlon Wayne. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Christopher Walken as Brainiac, brilliant, perfect. Also, Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor, which
2: I guess they did end up doing. Which happened, yeah, yeah. How was he? I mean. He was good with the movie. It was so bad. It's tough to. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's kind of like, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Like
3: not even, you know, it's dire when not even Kevin Spacey saves a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, whatever. He
0: is the perfect Lex Luthor though. He's just so arrogant. Uh, like he plays arrogance better than any other emotion. I think.
2: Uh, he, should, he should still be Lex Luthor.
0: Great cast. Great uh, art. What else? I, what else was exciting about it? I love that they were pulling from like European comics, like, like Mobius and, uh, HR Giger again, like that's things I don't think about with Superman at all. Yeah.
3: Well there, there was the, the French art director right? where he was like, I come from the European school of comics. Like, I don't know, you know, I'm not American, so I don't have the same kind of connection to Superman. I don't understand him. And they were like, that's great. That's great. That's what we want. So I thought that was interesting that they did that some other things that almost happened.
0: Superman fights ninjas.
3: Superman. Yes. Not only does Superman fight ninjas, Superman also fights polar, polar bears.
0: Polar bears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they might've cut that out at the end. That was in uh, Kevin Smith's script because John Peters wanted him, uh, su- wanted Superman to have guards that, at, at the, the fortress. fortress of Solitude. <laughs> they got into uh, a fight with Brainiac. It's
2: like, what part of Solitude yeah. do you not understand? <laughs> Although it's going to have guards, you know, polar bears aren't that bad. Yeah, I, if but, someone's gonna be guarding the port in solitude, dude, I guess polar bears is
0: and an I mean, option. I <laughs> but, would
3: have enjoyed that battle. Yeah, but like what sort of weird mind control does Superman have over these polar bears? Oh, I
0: thought that they were just kinda they were just naturally aggressive and uh,
3: <laughs> so he just like stations them outside. So they're not actually there to defend. It's just if anyone comes close, they'll just like fuck them yeah. up.
0: Yeah, it's like having alligators in your moat. Okay, so this it got killed ultimately because WB got gun shy because they were just because they just had a losing streak of movies and the the losing streak that they had is amazing. Did you
3: did you write it then? Can you read it off because I remember some of them, but I'm sure I saw like everyone movies when Mm -hmm. I was oh really
2: when I was in high school because I also worked at a video store. Um, I worked at Easy Video, so like. All of those terrible movies were like, when they came out as new releases. Oh, would you put them on uh, in the store? Yeah. But we yeah. also, we got the movies, like, they got released on Mondays, but we'd get them in on Friday to, like, get them, like, stocked and ready. So, like, as a video store clerk, I had early access. Nice. So it was very cool for me on a Friday evening to go to my friend's house and be like, oh, have you guys seen a... <laughs> Primary Colors yet? Yeah, I know it's not available, but pff, I don't know. I've got it right now. Let's watch Dude, it.
0: You and I both work in video stores. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Both
0: cool kids. Yeah. I, uh... Look at us now. <laughs> yeah. Look at us now. <laughs> um, okay. Batman and Robin. We've touched on that. Obvious. 187 with uh, Sam Jackson. I never saw that, but uh, I remember it. I remember I knew that 187 meant murder because I had that Sublime album. Then Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. Sure. The follow-up to Kazam. Oh. Kazam? Kazam. Yeah, which I, I did also haven't seen. Fire Down Below with Steven Seagal.
3: I don't um, remember that one coming out at all.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that but, was like, I think that was when Steven Seagal and Jacques Van Damme were on the same like radar, like that like yeah. low level whatever. And I feel like that was kind of at the brief period of time when they were trying to make them like Actual, Actual A-list stars. stars. yeah. And everyone was like, yeah, right. It's, it's Steven Seagal. Like, what? come on. That was like, I think Jean-Claude Van Damme had overtime. I think that was his like attempt at like, all right, let's make Jean-Claude Van Damme like a real dude now. Right. He's going to be a real actor. Have you seen the Kickboxer movies? Yeah, man. Come on. Of course I have. I, I, I or Lionheart. <laughs> Is he Lionheart? Oh, I have movie. not. Anyway. Yeah. He,
0: I, I guess Fire Down Below didn't break him through. And then a movie that I've never heard of called "Mad City" with Dustin Hoffman and John Travolta.
2: Yes, I think in that movie. Uh, I definitely saw it. I think one of them is like a reporter, uh-huh. and the other one like, is either holding like a building hostage. Like John Travolta's like holding what' you a hostage, and like Dustin Hoffman goes in to like interview him or something. Man. It's yeah.
0: It was yeah. bad. yeah, it's bad. And then a movie I have seen, The Postman, which, terrible, terrible. Um, but a, a, I mean, notorious
2: because Waterworld was Waterworld a flop? Oh, huge flop, yeah. huge flop, right? Have, I watched it recently for the first time. Yeah, it's the one thing cool about it is like, what's his face, um, Kevin Costner? Yeah, like he starts off as like a total prick hitting i feel like hits a woman and like he's like whatever fine i'll fucking take you on like you guys can come with me on my ship right and then like you think he's gonna like have change of heart and become a good guy by the end but at the end of the movie he's just like peace see ya and he's like (laughs) still a dick like there's no change in his character at all he just like starts out an asshole continues being an asshole and then like leaves being an asshole that is like huh How about
0: that? Whereas the postman, he's like noble the whole time and has to deliver the mail. Wait, okay, (laughs) so I'm sorry. Someone who has seen
3: neither Waterworld nor the postman, is this movie just about him trying to deliver the mail? It's a post-apocalyptic
0: America where like, um, you know, there are just like little tribes of people everywhere, but he basically starts a one-man pony express to uh, start delivering mail. and uh, So it's like
3: Mad Max, but with a Pony Express. Yeah, but not. But with, but with cool. mail.
2: Yeah, but with but mail. But with like, it's a, <laughs> you know, your credit card bill.
3: Mail Max. Y-
0: yeah, and so he starts <laughs> stitching civilization back together uh, one letter at a time. And uh, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> It's also, like, two and a half hours long. Which Why? Isn't, you don't, you I mean, don't need to make your movie that long. Yeah, like, blockbusters now are all, like, really long. But in the 90s, that was, like, unless you were making Titanic.
2: Yeah, two and a half hours, seriously, used to, would be, like, a five-hour long movie. Yeah. If it was, like, over two hours, it was, like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just so indulgent. Um, and then Sphere... Uh, came out after that which did okay box office but it didn't nearly that movie's tight have you seen that yeah it's been a long time since i've seen it but i remember it being cool and then okay so sphere came out and lost some money and then
2: major league back to the minors yo when i saw that the budget for that movie i think it was like 46 million dollars yeah i was like it doesn't even have charlie sheen in
3: it wait for a, for a major league
2: sequel for, for the third major league movie right Oh, it was, was it the third one? Yeah, because it was Major League Major League 2.
3: Oh, I didn't even... I, it, the second one wasn't even on my radar. second I one was awesome. It
2: okay. <laughs> and then Major League Two, uh, 3, Back to the Minors. I, I remember when it came out, and I definitely assumed that the budget was like 500 bucks. and right. like, The idea was just like, let's throw together the cheapest possible movie and just capitalize on the name Major League. The biggest star in it is Scott Bakula. Wait, like you mean that-
3: from TV's Quantum Leap and Star Trek Enterprise? I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen Major League. What? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Next podcast. <laughs> just take a detour. we watching yeah. Major League. <laughs> it's a really good movie.
0: Yeah. yeah. Charlie Sheen's best. Although, oh, to be well honest...
3: It's not, I don't know if it's his best, but it's a really, really good Sheen. And it's just a good movie in general.
0: Dude, Charlie Sheen cast...
3: I mean, but think of how much Two and a Half Men you'd have <laughs> yeah, to watch. Yeah, you'd have to watch every
2: uh, episode.
0: Not no, worth
3: it. man. No.
2: Watching one episode would, is still is one of it. Still soul crushing.
0: Um, okay. And then Tarzan and the Lost City, which wait, I also did Did they make
3: a late 90s Tarzan? Was yes. this before the Disney Tarzan? No, this is after, but I don't think they're related at all, right? Wait, wait, the- wait, wait, what Disney Tar- Tarzan? The animated Tarzan Disney made with, 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 with Phil Collins, Collins did, did the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It came out like 96 or seven, I think.
2: Yeah,
0: Tarzan and the Lost City. I have no idea that existed. People, they keep trying to redo Tarzan. And I feel like... Nobody cares about Tarzan. Just no, give it up. It's, it feels a little weird now. I, I just think that's a... I don't know. You don't have to keep that in miles. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. But that's, that's an amazing uh, run of flops. And um, I, I can see, I mean, I also, I don't understand even like sinking what 12 million into something and then being like, Oh, we'll just cut our losses. But
3: I, I mean, 12 million versus look, the third major league was 46. This one was going to be at least 50. Uh, yeah, at least. Well, they said the budget was going to
2: be three hundred bucks or three hundred bucks, three hundred million dollars to get it made. It was two hundred dollars for production, and then a hundred million dollars to promote it. Oh, Okay, so they're saying it's going to be $300 yeah. hundred million dollar movie. Yeah, three
3: hundred million versus like twelve million. Yeah, then okay. you'll you'll definitely cut your losses at that point. Yeah, but then they went on and made Wild Wild West. So, yeah, we did that dude, instead. the the laws of Hollywood don't make sense. You, do, you don't try to look for any kind of. Logic in that progression.
2: I think it's different now too because the overseas grosses are so important, yeah, they're so big. Whereas I don't think they were back then, right. So it's like you had to make all your money just in the U.S. Yeah, I, yeah. Because now it, they're making movies with an eye towards Europe and China, and uh, yeah, like I was reading, like they're going to make more Transformers movies and more parts of the Caribbean, and they're like because they make all their money, like tons of money overseas, even though like, they kind of flop here. Yeah. They make huge money like China. How weird it must be to view
3: American culture through that lens only. Like, oh, oh you mean only like Transformers 7? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that must be a fucking weird way of looking at it. I don't know.
0: I don't, yeah, this, this is a hard one to talk about because I feel like there's just... The, the documentary kind of spells it out. And uh, I mean,
3: really, that's all I should say is if, you, if even one minute of this however many minutes long podcast, this is like intrigue you at all. Like just go watch the documentary. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's, it's, it's a really, it's really good. It's really informative. It's well put together. Just seeing how like the sausage gets made yeah. in terms of like giant blockbusters is really interesting. And like, honestly, as much of like a over-affected, you know, pretentious dude Tim Burton is like his <laughs> interviews were really fascinating for yeah. to watch to kind of get a look into his had just seemed casually talking about his creative process. I
0: um really enjoyed just seeing his house. The first shot that we get is like, uh, it's like a plastic gravestone from like CVS, like just in the middle of it, it, the lawn in front of his London estate. It's just like, and he has like a big plastic skeleton just like draped on his couch, and I believe that he lives that way. I don't think that he, that was dressed um, for for company. I think that he just like that is his life. It make yeah, it made me like him a little bit more. It's been a while since I've really liked Tim Burton, but remember that he's actually uh, he he he's kind of cool.
3: Yeah, we were remember we were talking. Whenever we saw the last Apes movie, yeah. we were standing outside afterward and our discussion got into like what happened to Tim Burton. Right. So remember we were saying like, hey, well, Planet of the Apes was like the first, which is how we got onto it. We were like, Planet of the Apes is like the first Burton movie that just out and out like sucked. sucked. It was like, that like wasn't redeeming in any way. Yeah. Before but, that
0: he made Mars Attacks, which was great. Right.
3: But, cool. but you know what I realized? Because I hadn't seen this or knew as much about it as I do now, it wasn't. Planet of the Apes is the first movie that came out that we noticed the quality slipped. But I wonder if, because this happened in between uh, Mars Attacks and Planet of the Apes. So I think that maybe this process might have contributed to that, to that being like, I think this was the demarcation as opposed to Planet of the Apes is what I'm saying. Imagine like being in the 90s, um, (laughs) imagine it, imagine um, in the
0: 90s if someone was like, Tim Burton is going to make Alice in Wonderland or Tim Burton is going to make Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like I would have been like, yes, the yeah. only director who can pull it off.
3: I know. And, and somehow he didn't pull it off. And now
0: if I hear that Tim Burton's going to do something, I'm like, I, I feel like secondhand embarrassment. I'm like, no.
2: Well, okay. The other thing I, I kept noticing was, uh, all of Nicolas Cage talking about like, Childlike stuff with Superman, which I I thought was kind of strange. Yeah, I I wrote down this quote. He said, Sparkle Dust. He has the imagination of a child in him. And then beyond, also with that, with the cape, he was like, it's like being wrapped in a child's blanket. Right, yeah. And I was like, why are you you trying to treat Superman like he's a weird little kid?
3: So, Rob, I'm sure I already know the answer to this, but you've not seen City of Angels, right? No. Okay, so... This that it was the last movie that we watched or last episode oh, okay. it was on it. But uh Dave was reading an interesting reading something interesting from an interview that he gave around that time, which was made right after he almost made Superman or right before right he almost before. made super anyway, they were like, cause
0: were, he, he was going to do the, he, right. he had to do the, the scene where he was sitting up high uh, on the construction site girder and uh, the crew was making fun of him. They're like, come on Superman.
3: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so he, uh, but the, the, one of the reasons he said in this interview that he was drawn to the city of angels role was because when he finally like turns into a real person and becomes alive, there's this crazy scene where you just see him like, and Nick Cage actually, despite the many, many like flaws of that movie that, that was a genuinely like kind of heartwarming sequence where he's like running through the street and he's like, you know, seeing colors for the first time. He's like tasting things for the first time and angel who became human and can finally uh, appreciate all of the sensory pleasures. But but Nick Cage says he was drawn to that role because he wanted to, he was fascinated by, I wanted to explore the idea of like childlike wonder having to like act like a child. Right. Um. And so it's funny that this was made around the same time. And these are all the things he's saying like, in those, you know... So that was on his brain at the Yeah, time. definitely. Yeah, well, because like,
0: he, he came off of the of Face Off and Con Air and The Rock being like, oh, I need to, like, go in the other direction and so I don't get too cynical. His like, He he, he had the whole thing about, like, keeping his uh, sense of childlike wonder and innocence. So it's funny that, yeah, that that he would bring... Like, his take on Superman would just be a childlike alien (laughs) uh, human who's, like, uh, uncomfortable in his own body. But but also,
2: I get that in being, like, like, oh, he can't adjust to, like, you know, Earth things, an alien. But also, like, at this point, he's been on Earth. He grew up on Earth. Yeah. Like he's been on Earth like thirty something years. I'm assuming Superman's like thirty. Let's say he's been on Earth for thirty years. Yeah, he shouldn't be that shocked. It's not like he just arrived and is like, "What's going on? I can't possibly understand this strange culture." It's like that's the only culture you know. You don't know Krypton culture. Like you never. Right. You'd have you know you were a baby and they shot you all into space.
0: And they talk about him being like so emotional and upset when he's on a date that he has to fly around the building a bunch of times and like. He flies. He, his like clothes all rip off, and he's just like flying around <laughs> and around, just like being sad. Yeah, you would think that he would have worked that all out. He would he figure it out by now, like a teenager.
2: Yeah, being an angsty teen. Isn't and that then, what Smallville's about?
3: Yeah. yeah kind has, of. <laughs> has anyone seen? Have you seen Smallville?
2: Smallville, the TV yeah. show. Yeah, it's awesome.
3: Okay. I mean, that's, well, that, I
2: haven't watched it. I mean, I don't remember it that well, but sure. I remember when it was on. It was awesome.
3: But I, but that that's what I feel like whenever I tell someone who. Likes or is interested in Superman. I don't care about Superman. The thing they always tell me is then then you should watch Smallville. Well, yes, he's not Superman in Smallville. Right. He's
2: just Clark Kent.
0: Okay, so it, in uh, movies and cinema, what is the what do you think is the most uh, the best or most accurate uh, representation of Superman? Like, who what got it the most right?
2: I mean, I guess like the Richard Donner ones, the the seventies. Yeah. People talked about those movies know. with a lot of reverence in, in
0: yeah, this I, documentary. I
3: mean, the first one, I can't speak for any of the other ones. The second one's kind of okay, too. But the first one, I think, is great. Uh, what, what, but even
1: those, I don't know, when I watched it recently, I was kind of like, meh, yeah. I feel like we should say, like, I think it's interesting that Nick Cage was really into this, like, deconstructionist uh, idea of Superman, because he's clearly a Superman fan, because he named his kid Cal el <laughs> Which is like don't name your kid Kal-El. Yeah. Yeah, he's already like he's already a famous person's kid. He's probably like, gonna be weird because yeah. he's like this cage's kid. Yeah. But uh, but he's a fan. So um, someday, someday I hope they get together and animate it and
3: make it again. You know, this might be a, this might be Weston Cage's breakout role. Fuck yeah. Uh, if they if they try to if they try to redo it, honestly, I I would start that internet petition. All right. Change.org. Let's go.
1: Tim Burton (laughs) directing.
3: I'm just starting to go fund me. Hey, guys, listen. I know neo-Nazi groups are springing up all over the country, (laughs) but we have more pressing issues to deal with right now. You know who who
0: we need in these pressing times? We need the Superman that we never had, the Superman that we actually deserve. All right, let's hang it there.
3: Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we should do it. We should... Just do a tag for the end. Uh, yeah, because um, we have an Instagram. We do have an Instagram, Dave. What is that
1: Instagram? Heat seeking Panther. It's the, it's it's just the name of the podcast it is, okay. with the with the at symbol in front of it.
3: Great. And uh, yeah. and we also have an email. We do questions, comments, concerns. Heat, Heat seeking, Heat seeking, seeking Panther. Panther at Gmail. Yeah, uh, as always, subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Yes, that's the most important. That, thing. Um, unfortunately, the algorithms are listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have to be so, better than all the other helps. Nicolas
3: Cage podcasts. Uh, yeah, and is that it? That's it. All right.
1: All right. Thanks, Rob. Oh, you're welcome, dude. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs>